0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: Our prayers, when we pray them, they rise to heaven, like smoke rising up. They rise to heaven before God. The Bible says that God even stores our prayers in bowls in heaven. I don't know exactly how He does that, but but somehow... God is able to take our prayers that we pray here on earth, they rise to heaven, and he stores them in heaven in in bowls, which just shows that they're they're so precious to him, so valuable to him, that he keeps them and stores them in heaven.
0: Did you know that the Lord stores your prayers to him? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you that every single one of your prayers is stored by God. Every prayer you've ever prayed is considered precious and valuable to God. Pastor Dan reminds you that even when you feel like God doesn't hear your prayers, He does. Your prayers rise to heaven before Him. No matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord, keep seeking and pursuing Him. Keep on praying and asking for what you need. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 41 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Verse 8, I also saw an elevation all around the temple. It was the foundation of the side chambers, a full rod that is six cubits high. Thickness of the outer wall of the side chambers was five cubits. It's a thick wall. And so also the remaining terrace by the place of the side chambers of the temple. And between it and the wall chambers was was a width of 20 cubits all around the temple. And every side The doors of the side chambers opened on the terrace. One door toward the north, another toward the south. Again, God's into the details. And the width of the terrace was five cubits all around. So so you've got all these chambers. We're not told what they were for. They were probably used for storage of some kind. People are going to be bringing gifts and offerings to the Lord during the kingdom age. It's possible these were used for storage. Now, verse 12 describes the building that will be at the western end of the temple, behind the sanctuary. If you look at our picture here, uh, there's gates on every side of the temple, except for the western side, but kind of behind the temple building. There's no gate over there. But you see that big rectangular building where a gate would be. That's what's described in verse 12, this big room, this big building that's back there. Uh, Verse 12, the building that faces the separating courtyard at its western end was 70 cubits wide. The wall of the building was 5 cubits thick. All around and its length was 90 cubits. Again, its purpose is not given. There's just this big room that sits behind the temple, behind the sanctuary, and we're not told what it's for. But we're going to be there one day (laughs) in the kingdom age. And you can go to this temple in the kingdom age... And walk around to the back of the sanctuary and go find this room that's going to be on the western side of the temple and find out what... And you can ask, what's the room for? I've been waiting to find out what this room is for. And when you say that, the Lord's going to say, where did you go to church? Did you even know that there's a room back here? You can say Calvary Chapel, Thursday nights. We went through Ezekiel. So there's this room back there. Now skip down to verse 18 for me. Verse 18 Talking about the doors and the walls, and we're told in verse 18 it was made with cherubim and palm trees, a palm tree between cherubim and cherub, or cherub and cherub. Each cherub had two faces, so that the face of a man was toward a palm tree on one side, and the face of a young lion toward a palm tree on the other side. Thus it was made throughout the temple all around from the floor to the space above the door and on the wall of the sanctuary, cherubim and palm trees were carved. So as you go into the sanctuary, one thing that really stands out is that there's, there's cherubim, which is the plural of cherub, and palm trees carved into all of the, the wood that's inside this the sanctuary it says from the floor to above the door so it just kind of everywhere there's going to be alternating cherubim and and palm trees in this temple cherubim are associated with the throne of god in the bible uh, throughout scriptures we we find cherubim in the presence of god and around his throne Notice also verse 19. These cherubim that are carved in the walls and on the floor, uh, they have the face of a man and the face of a lion. This represents the humanity of Jesus Christ and the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus was both man and God. God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. God and human flesh. And so these carvings remind us of the humanity and the deity of Jesus Christ. So you've got these these cherubim which are around the throne of God. So that's, they're in the sanctuary because this is the presence of God. They're coming into the presence of God here. This is where God dwells during the kingdom age. So you've got all these cherubim carved into the woodwork inside the sanctuary. And then you also have palm trees. Palm trees symbolized really two things for us. They symbolized fruitfulness, abundance. They also symbolized the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was God's original intention. That God and man would dwell together in paradise in this garden. And enjoy a relationship together. And enjoy fellowship together together. But that paradise and fellowship was lost by man's sin and that was, that was broken. And man was separated from God and man was sent out of paradise, sent out of the garden. But in the kingdom age, fellowship with God will be restored as God originally intended. Things will return to Eden-like conditions between God and man. And so the, the cherubim, there will be a, a visual reminder of this is the throne of God. This is the presence of God. Those palm trees will be a visual reminder of what God originally intended for mankind to dwell with God. And God should dwell with with man and that it's, it's finally restored. It's finally brought back together. Everything that was lost by sin in the garden is now restored in the kingdom age by Jesus Christ. This, by the way, is the story of redemption throughout the Bible. That, that God created this place where he could dwell with mankind and enjoy fellowship with mankind but man sinned against god and that fellowship was broken and man was cast out but remember before man was cast out god covered man's nakedness with with the skin of a sacrifice so even in the garden there you see you know A sacrifice, substitutionary atonement right there in the garden before they're sent out. Then they're sent out. God makes this promise that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Genesis 3.15, right after the fall, God makes this promise. And then you have this unfolding story throughout Scripture and throughout human history, just like the timeline that we looked at, of God seeking to restore what was lost in Eden. And so the story... Ends now you have this kingdom age where god is dwelling with mankind once again in a place they have fellowship everything that was lost by adam has been restored by the last adam jesus christ and his sacrifice on the cross that that's the story that's the story of history that's the story of redemption through the bible it begins it begins in a garden and it ends in a garden Everything that was lost by Adam is restored by Jesus Christ. And so you've got these cherubim, you've got these palm trees as visual reminders of this this restoration between God and man by Jesus Christ. And then, verse 21 and 22, we have a description of the altar of incense. The doorposts, verse 21, of the temple were square. Isn't that great? You know, initially you read that, and, and of course, the first thing that comes to mind that they're square in shape. You know, the first thing that came to my mind when I read that is that they're, they're not cattywampus. I've got a couple of doors in my house that aren't square, that the builder just did a lousy job when he built them and installed the doors, and they're not quite square. But that's not what it means here, but that's what came to my mind when I first read it. Hey, the doors are square in the temple. As was the front of the sanctuary, their appearance was similar. The altar was of wood, it's three cubits high, and it's length two cubits. It's corners, it's length, and it's sides were of wood. And he said to me, this is the table that is before the Lord. So this is the altar of incense that sat before the Lord in this temple. It's standing in the holy place, just outside the most holy place, where the throne of God sits in this in this temple. And on this, this altar of incense. They would burn incense. And the incense. The smoke of the incense. Represented the prayers of people. Coming up before God. In the temple. I, I don't know about you. But I, I find that so amazing. That our prayers, when we pray them, they rise to heaven. Like smoke rising up. They rise to heaven before God. The Bible says that God even stores our prayers in bowls in heaven. I don't know exactly how he does that. but, But somehow, God is able to take our prayers that we pray here on earth. They rise to heaven and he stores them in heaven in, in bowls, which just shows that they're so, they're so precious to him, so valuable to him, that he keeps them and stores them in heaven. And here in the, in the temple, you know, Herod's temple, Solomon's temple, the tabernacle, and so on, they had this altar of incense where the priest would go in and he'd burn incense on the altar of incense and the smoke would rise, it would put off, you know, white smoke, thick smoke, And it represented the prayers of the people rising up before God. And here you have in this millennial temple, you've got an altar of incense.
0: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs.
1: Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com, or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
1: Representing the prayers of the people. Now, in the New Testament, for your, for your, those of you that are taking notes, uh, when the birth of John the Baptist was announced to his father, Zechariah, John's father, Zachariah was a priest. And he's serving in the temple. And his job that particular day was to offer incense on the altar of incense in the temple. Again, representing the prayers of the people going up before the Lord. And and we're told in Luke chapter 1, verse 9 there, it says, According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot, Zechariah, fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now we're told... Zechariah is is old at this point. He's elderly. And this is probably the only time in his entire life as a priest where he had the opportunity to offer incense on the altar of incense. This is a very special occasion for Zechariah. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him as as a priest because there were just so many priests and you wouldn't get selected to do this. But maybe once in your life, And then listen to what it says. So this is when they'd offer the incense on the altar. It would create this white billowing smoke that would rise up, representing the prayers of the people rising up to heaven before the Lord. And it says in verse 10, as he goes into the temple, Zechariah, the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. So at the time when the priests would go in to offer incense on the altar, people would gather outside to pray. Because it represents their prayers going up to heaven. So you've got this crowd outside the temple. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Don't you know when Zechariah repeated that story, he always mentioned, I was standing on the right side of the altar. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. I was on the right side of the altar when this angel appeared to me. But an angel appears. An angelic being appears. Like the cherubim. This angel appears. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer, singular, It's heard. It's the hour of incense. This is when the prayers go up to the throne of God. You've got people gathered outside for the hour of prayer. You've got Zechariah inside offering incense. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Never get to do this, but once in my life as a priest. And this angel appears, an angelic being like the cherubim. And the angel says, your prayer is heard. Not your prayers plural, your prayer." Now, don't you know that we, we, there are things we pray for? Somebody needs prayer, you pray for them. But then we tend to have a prayer. There's, there's one thing in particular that we pray for. That it's just this prayer that we pray that is so deeply important to us that we keep praying it maybe throughout our whole lifetime, right? And so for Zachariah, the angel says, your prayer is heard. What was his big prayer that he prayed throughout his life? And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. and will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Zacharias' prayer that he had prayed for a long time is that he and his wife would have a child. And now this angel appears as he's offering incense on the altar of incense, representing the prayers. The angel says, Your prayer has been heard. And John knows, and Zacharias knows what prayer he's talking about. And he tells him, You're going to have a son. This is a this is a miraculous thing. It's a miracle because his wife is elderly, he's elderly, he's going to have the son. All that happens at the altar of incense, and here in chapter forty one now we have. In verses 21 and 22, you've got this description of the, the altar of incense that is there in this millennial temple. As we've seen, there's no lampstand, there's no table of showbread, there's an altar of incense. It just shows the importance and value that God puts on prayer. And then, verse 23 to 26, we have a description of the doors of the temple and it says the temple and the sanctuary had two doors the doors had two panels apiece two folding panels two panels for one door and two panels for the other door so they had you know a double panel door and somehow these doors fold together right you know, it's it's funny to me that people try to say that all of this language is symbolic and it's not talking about a literal temple it wouldn't, you wouldn't come up with describing a double paneled door that folds if it's just symbolic language. This is a very detailed, too detailed to just be symbolic. Verse 25, cherubim and palm trees were carved on the doors of the temple just as they were carved on the walls. A wooden canopy was on the front of the vestibule outside. There were beveled window frames and palm trees on one side and on the other and on the sides of the vestibule, also on the side chambers of the temple, and on the canopy. God describes exactly the kind of door in the temple and the vestibule over the door. God is into the details. He's into the details. And He's into the details of your life and of my life as well. Jesus said, That the very hairs on your head are numbered. Not that God knows the total number of hairs on your head. He does know that. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says each hair is numbered. Each hair has been assigned a, a number. God knows the same kind of details about you. That he does about this temple that we're reading about. He's that into you. He's that into me. In the psalm, Psalm 139, listen to what David says. David says, of the Lord, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. David says, every day was recorded in your book. But not just every day, he says, every moment of every day of my life was recorded in your book before I was even born. You want to talk about some mundane, boring reading? I mean, that would be worse than reading these chapters in Ezekiel, to read every moment of every day of your life, every detail. God wrote it all down. All of it. Just just like what we read here, the measurements of this, the measurements of that, and the threshold and the door, and it was a folding door, and it had two panels, and you read it and you think, Man, how how boring. And God's got a book for you with all of those same boring details about your life, every moment, all written down in a book. David goes on in Psalm 139 to say how precious. Also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. All of your thoughts of me, God. If I were to try to count them, they would be more in number than the sand on the seashore. Great is the sum of them. We read all these details and all these measurements, and they're hard to follow, and they're hard to make sense, they hard to picture, and it's kind of boring and mundane to go through all of this, but God has that kind of record about you and about me, because he loves you, because he loves me, because he's crazy about us, and you're important to him. So important that he writes down every moment of every day, every little thing, every meaningless thing, He's got it all written down in a book. And he he could pull that book out. And maybe one day in heaven he will. And and it would read just like these verses here in Ezekiel. Then he got up. Then he brushed his teeth. (laughs) Right? Then he poured the coffee in his cup. Then he sat in his favorite chair and drank his coffee page after page after page after page of every little detail about you because you're important to God and because He loves you. And this is why He came and died on the cross so that He could bring reconciliation and restoration back to this relationship because He loves us and He's crazy about us and you're important to Him
2: me how I know I say, sure than the finest crystal.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, "I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh." and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love! If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out CalvaryEC.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the
2: signs and I recognize